Good evening, lifers. <laughs> You're listening to In Real Life. I'm Emily. And I'm Kim Zilla. And this is the podcast edition. Whee! Our very first podcast episode. And you know what that means? We can curse, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a little tingle when you did that. Uh, okay, I'm going to try one. Crap. Oh, that was, it was little, sort of lackluster. You can say I can that say on that the on radio. the air, can't I? Yeah. Okay. Um, you should just add it like comfortably. I should like, just be in... comfortable with it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this is exciting. This is our first podcast, mm-hmm. and um, we thought, well, we have a very long list of future podcast um, ideas that we're to that we're down. working on uh, tonight, today, this morning. It doesn't matter because you guys can play it anytime you want. We don't know what time it is now. Right. You're now. We're going to just talk to you. And we thought we would start out um, by having a topic of. Oh, can I say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shitty jobs. (laughs) Shit, shit, shit. (laughs) You sound like my sister when you say the curse words. Like I, like I don't really want to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm testing it out to see how cool I sound. My sister. That's used what's to actually say, happening. Fuck you, you asshole. Aww. And I'm like, you don't really feel comfortable saying that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Now she knows how to say it. She's yeah. an adult now. But there... this was as a child. Do you remember when you were a child? Do you have you ever had that moment when like you've hurt yourself or something and your mom gives you the approval? Like it's okay, you can curse. No, but that's my mom and my grandfather curse like sailors. And so I grew up just hearing both of them curse up a blue streak and they never told me not to until I came home from school one day um, and like had gotten in trouble for saying shit in preschool, Mm. I think. Um, And my mom was like, okay, it's time to have this conversation now. Oh, You can say those words as much as you want, but you should know that if you say them in front of certain people, they aren't going to want you to play with their kids. (laughs) I was like, oh, and that worked. It's just like you have to know like know when it's audience. appropriate. Know your audience. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I could say I'm around my mom and my grandfather all I wanted. I'm having a hard time as an adult, as an aunt, knowing when. Now that like my niece and nephew are like in their tweens, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like I talk to them like an adult and that includes all of the adult language. Yeah. And... When did that start? Was there like a specific age? Like it was like when, a year ago. Okay. And I and I don't and I know that I shouldn't, but I feel like they should get the unedited cha-cha as they call me. The unedit. <laughs> they call you cha-cha? That's my that's my aunt name. Mm. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, I didn't know I actually didn't know aunt names were a thing. Yeah. Um, well, my brother-in-law is Polish, so I think it comes from some sort of, uh, I don't think it's officially uh, official, okay. but I think it's a Polish word for got aunt, it, I got think. It, got it. And it's cute. It is cute. Cha-cha. I love it. Yeah. Cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. What do they call your mom? Nana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because there's a Polish version of that, too. I just can't remember what it is. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not very good with, I can do the accents, but I don't do the the words. Oh. Yeah. Do, you can do a Polish accent? 
I did a Polish accent just today. Did you really? Yeah. Can I hear it? Sure. Um, I was downstairs at Milano's, mm -hmm. and the lady looked at my shirt, and she was like, <laughs> I have to get in the zone. Mm -hmm. Get she in character. Like, that shirt is wonderful. It's it's like a squirrel, but it's playing the guitar. It's, it's really quite wonderful. All of you people have very creative brains. I have a shirt at home that you gave me that says... Um, Woof moo, and it has a cow and the dog. <laughs> that was very good. And also, she described your shirt almost perfectly, yeah. except it's a chipmunk. It's a chipmunk. But maybe the they don't have separate words for those things in Polish. We don't know. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she's Eastern European-ish. Okay. So that was what that blend was. Yeah. Just in case there's any Polish listeners. That are like, that's inaccurate. That is she so wrong. Been. Anyway. This so, week, we're so the, yeah, yeah, the topic this week. So, we're talking about shitty jobs, not because either of us has one, but because one time when we very first started this show, Kim had one, and um, what job did I have when you you don't say the name of the okay. company, but what what job did I have when was I unemployed or was I employed? Oh, I when we employed? first started this yeah. show, we were both unemployed. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a stellar time in our lives. Those were like... some of our best episodes. We spent a month on our first episode because we were both unemployed. <laughs> I was working at a cheese shop like two days a week. That was my job. <laughs> and I volunteered at FMU full time. That's it was exactly glorious. it. I volunteered full time at FMU. And then all the money that I made from selling my car when I moved to New York ran out and I had to get a real job mm. and it was really tragic and your unemployment ran out and you had to get a real job yeah and you had this day at that job that I remember you telling me about and oh. I thought I was like Kim we should start a separate like IRL spinoff podcast called shitty jobs where it's just every week people get to tell a different story about a terrible job because everybody has terrible job stories and they're so great yeah um that was an awful job it lasted six months which was exactly the amount of months i needed to collect more unemployment. <laughs> that's really convenient <laughs> but uh but it was you know how we talked about like when you know you're headed in the right direction in life versus the wrong direction in life? Yes, that one is like being carried along by the current and the wind is beneath your wings. Yeah. And the other one is like you're, you're frantically paddling <laughs> up a raging river like with bricks yeah. tied to your feet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And day one of this job, I'm like, oh, it's like it's a nice little video production office. It's in like a it's like in one of these like cute little Tudor kind of houses that they converted yeah. into like this modern fancy looking um, uh, office and it and it was a small staff like maybe five people but the but the boss man I'll call him boss man mm -hmm. like boss man thought he was so important he had like a movie that he had like directed in the 90s that had some like c-level actor and he, I think that was like his claim to fame. And since then, he's had the ego of this guy that had like a Hollywood movie. And he would tell everybody about this movie that he like directed <laughs> in the 80s. And everyone else launched into stardom except for him. And instead, he had this little video production company, like a commercial video yeah. production company. And it was cute. 
and I was um, I was hired to be the office manager, but I wasn't really sure if I was like an executive assistant or if I was um, an office manager or if I was like a marketing assistant or if I was like a salesperson or if I was like the superintendent or uh, <laughs> So what? you're saying the job description did not match up no. to like your day to day necessarily. And I there was a, there were signs that things were bad like right out of the gate. Like first off, there were at least six people that had my job before me mm-hmm. within like the last two years. Yeah. And everybody seemed really terrified of losing their job. Like day one, everyone was really scared and I couldn't understand why like no one would like just be normal. Like right. everyone was a little like on edge and a little shell shocked mm-hmm. and they all just kind of you know if they wanted to talk to you they'd like send you an email it's like why can't we just talk out loud can't in, you just turn around your desk is five feet away from me <laughs> <laughs> so um so part of the job was that my boss would want to like um like have these relationships with with all of his clients and he would also have these consultants that would come in for meetings with him Mm -hmm. and um there was this one guy that would come in like once a month and he would get billed to come in and kind of give his suggestions on the finances of the company on the employees of the company and like he came in once and he was like super creepy and he just wouldn't acknowledge anybody. Like he was just like, we'll call him the asshole right? Yeah. of yeah. the story. So boss man um, tells me like schedule the asshole to come in um, and make sure everything is tight because I really want to impress the asshole. Yeah. So he wants to impress the guy that he's paying to tell him how to run his company. That's the that's the dynamic. That's the dynamic here. Already that seems a little off to me. It does. It seems like you're sucking up to the consultant that you're paying mm-hmm. to t- so that they'll tell you you're doing a good job. It's like he's trying to make everything look perfect so that he can pay a consultant to come in and be like, you're doing perfect. Everything about your business is so amazing. But the guy, um, but they, but their job is to find something wrong because that's how they get paid to like uncover the things that boss man doesn't see because he's like too this. close to these things. Mm, mm-hmm. So, um, so the asshole arrives and he just kind of walks in and doesn't acknowledge, you know, the the secretary lady in the front and just kind of comes in and just kind of barges into boss man's office. And the way it's laid out is it's a house. So upstairs are all like the production offices, like where the editors and everybody are. And downstairs, mm-hmm. like there's a VP lady and then boss man. And he's got like this sliding door and there's like a boardroom. And then I'm right outside the boss man's office. And right behind me um, is the boss man and the entire office's bathroom, really. But it's it feels like a house, right? Right. So this guy comes in and doesn't talk to anybody, just goes straight into the bathroom. He's in the bathroom, comes back out of the bathroom, and then goes right into boss man's office. And immediately I knew that he was a jerk because, like, he just left the light on in the bathroom. And he also left, like, the toilet seat up and he didn't flush. It was just a pee situation but that's fine but it was just like the rudeness of like the way he just kind of like like 
possessed the place like right. it was his like, yeah like he was marking his territory in yeah a way. that i found just rude so i turn off the light and blah 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 and i'm sitting back down i'm at my desk and then they're talking about things and they decide to go to um lunch so before they go to lunch the asshole goes back into the bathroom and he's in the bathroom again comes back out and they head out to lunch so I turn around and I notice that the stupid light is on in the bathroom again. The guy left the light on. So I go into the bathroom and I go to shut the light off. And then I notice in my peripheral vision that there's something on the floor. And just to the left of the toilet, there is a plop. Oh. Like a like a plop of poo. Oh. Like the size of like a Hershey's kiss. Like, But it's quite obvious that it's like a poo plop (laughs) not like it's just a plop it's like a hershey kiss plop and i'm and i am so like you have no idea there's uh, there's probably a handful of times that like like the anger inside me over like just the injustice of something like makes my heart like race yeah and i am like the heat is like going up in my head mm-hmm. but i have no advocates here no you know of course not. i've yeah. got the market the, the marketing team which consists of one human and the vp lady and then like the guys upstairs that like never come downstairs so and the intern but she's on like some production thing so it's it's me it's me that has to deal with this situation oh god which is so not your job and like even now I can like your face is flushed and like uh, your yeah yeah and and your eyes are kind of like it makes me so mad glistening yeah it's I I'm very familiar with that feeling um oh god so I clean up I clean up I take you know I do it like you know if anyone out there has a dog you know like how you do it where you like put the bag on your hand like a like a glove and you scoop it and I wiped it off I mean it wasn't a lot but it was enough to say fuck you to whoever's got to clean it up and he knows it's me right he's never met me before he knows that I'm the one that has to clean this up so I am just you know I go into VP lady's office and she's like what like that's horrible that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Right. And I tell the marketing department dude, mm-hmm. and he's like, that is so, they're all laughing. We're all laughing. They're they're making it feel a little bit better because we're laughing. But guess who ha- still had to do this? Like had to clean up somebody else's, mm. some other human, adult human being. Adult human being, right? Exactly. Ugh. So they come back from lunch and they go into the office again shut the doors and they're talking for a while and i'm like do i tell boss man or do i not tell boss man and i'm like you know what i'm going to tell boss man because like this is his his office and his home like this guy kind of not only disrespected me but like i mean and everybody like he kind of shit on his office too like yeah. he did this literally it's kind of territorial and it's kind of a dick move like does he want this guy like to shit on his floor, like he should feel a little weird about he this, should. right? Yeah, and I mean, he should also know that his employee had to pick up shit, right? Yeah, I think so. So I go to him and I said, "Excuse me, boss man," using his name. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah," and I said, "I just want to let you know." Um, an asshole had left at this point. Uh-huh. I just want to let you know that asshole 
pooped on the floor. And he looks at me and he just starts like, huh, uh, uh, well, maybe, and instantly defends him and says, maybe he had like a hangers on. What? <laughs> what? First off, so I, 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 okay. I don't know if there's anyone out there that's had this situation, but I have not. Have you? No, <laughs> never. So I ask him. I have seen it applied to dogs. <laughs> like we've all seen like a dog or a cat that has fur on yeah. its butt have like where something could get stuck. I mean, I guess if this guy has like a particularly yeah. like hairy. Yeah. And I was like, really? Like, does that happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe uh, he's like, I don't know, maybe he has a colostomy bag and it's been leaking. What? And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> he has a colostomy bag and it leaked one tiny like. And I'm like, I, I don't want to get into this. I said, either also, way, if-, if you had a colostomy bag that leaked, wouldn't you still clean up after it? Exactly. Even if you had a hangers on, wouldn't you still clean up after like, it? Like, surely you would notice. And also... Like, have you ever met anybody with a colostomy bag? That is not like a subtle accessory. No. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, in my mind, I would like to add here the sound of like, like a bag of liquid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I would also like to add here that if you are listening and you have a colostomy bag, this is in no way a story that's meant to belittle or make fun of people with colostomy bags because that just sounds like a terrible experience and I feel for you. True that. I just... <laughs> You're too politically, politically correct for me. No, I'm just empathetic. That sounds mm. like a really difficult thing to have to live with. Yeah. Also, so, that sounds like a really terrible thing to have to do at your job. Yeah. So I really got no empathy after that. And it was like the topic to never talk about again. Like no one talked about it after that. Did he ever come back to the office? I don't know because I lasted less than a month after <laughs> It must have been part of the conversation uh, that he had, like this one, you know, if she cleans up after my poop, you shouldn't keep her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because. But I lasted very, a very short period of time where then it annoyed me how he even fired me because he was like, sit down, sit down. And he invites the person that like helped hire me into the room. He has no reason to be there, but he's sitting in the room like with his head down. And he's like, we both know that this isn't working out. And I'm like, what? I mean, I knew that I hated him. Yeah, of course. But I held it really close to yeah. home. Yeah, and you were doing your job. I was doing my job as, you were like bending as well over as an ADD guy who's just like squirrel brain, like whatever he was looking to do that day. But there was no wrangling him. No. You know, and that was why he went through so many people. But what bothered me was like that he waited until like a Friday at the end of the day. Like he waited till the end of the day. And I knew, I knew that everybody in the office knew. No one would look at me. No one would give me eye contact. And it was like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But what I did, so I got, I got fired. He fired me um, and tried to be like nice about it. 
when you're firing someone, just just be the asshole that you want to be. Because, exactly. You know, at this point, we're just we need to just put all of the cards on the right. table. Right. There's no reason to try to be. Yeah. Also, he hadn't been a nice guy yeah. up until this point, so it seems sort of ridiculous yeah. to try to be like the nice guy yeah. when he's firing you. And he was like, well, you know, if you want to, if you, I think it actually was like a Thursday, not a Friday, because he's like, if you want to finish up the week, you can come back tomorrow. And I was like, no, that's okay. But thank you. And I basically just shut down my computer. I think I deleted my browser history, yeah. but just for, you know, like, I don't even know. It probably like I was doing sake. privacy sake. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just wrapping things up. Just get off my back. Yeah, what are and you I, doing? Yeah, like suddenly now I'm like, I'm deleting everything in this office through the server. I'm suddenly <laughs> that guy. And I just uh, I just couldn't stand the guy. And um, I just drove right from work mm-hmm. and I came right here. It was during the marathon and I just spent, like it was the best, most cathartic thing I could have done yeah. is to go straight from that shitty, shitty job mm-hmm. and come straight to WFMU and feel like the love of like everybody here and everybody just gets me and I get them mm-hmm. and it's been like that ever since. And I'm now working... you get to be here all the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see how her face just lit up. I know. I you know, I I really dreamy. have to summarize by saying how much how fortunate I am. Like when I'm driving to work and I realize like that. I'm working in in the magic factory and yeah. it's a it's an amazing thing. I mean it's 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 something that you need to continue to um, work hard because there's far and few between. There's, you know, less than 8 employees here, so you want right. to do the best job you can and you want to prove yourself every day, but you also care about what you're doing. You care too. about what you're doing and you yeah. care about the success of the place and you know, as that's um, really rare in a job to not yeah. only like care about your specific task, but to care about the overall business health. Yeah, um, it's really, yeah, you know, that's really something. <laughs> but today, today was an example of like you know something that went wrong. Like I was, uh, I just you know, and you just feel like you're in the zone. And I was like in the zone, and I'm like working on all this like stuff, and I'm getting things done and I'm organizing uh, Ken with his office and like all of the papers and everything else and I'm like you know you have these um, pieces of artwork that you won from the Dave Hill art show do you want me to hang them up he's like yeah that's great I'm like all right I'm gonna take these outside I take these outside I put them down and four seconds later one of them falls and glass shatters everywhere and instantly like Ken comes out of the office and he's like on the ground and he's helping me clean up these glass shards and I we're both picking them up together. I'm like, you don't have to do this. Like, you have other things to do. And he's like, you know, it's 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 just broken glass. It's okay. And then I'm like going downstairs with like a box of broken glass. And he's like, oh, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just broken glass. And I just I like I like that I don't feel afraid. He's the opposite of boss man. Boss man was like, I remember when you were working there. Yeah. That job was so awful for your mental health and your psyche. Like you just, you, you never seemed more like, I like sort of fragile almost than you did at that time because it was like you had somebody who was so passive aggressive, who had power over you, who was constantly just like making you feel like small and insignificant and incompetent, but indirectly. 
like yeah. just sort of like subtly yeah, putting it out there. Come sit down and tell me what you did wrong today. The time. Do you remember those? I remember do. when I would come in? Yes. And he's like, sit down. So what did you do wrong today? Like, and just I like, just tell I don't me. know, just tell just me. Tell like, this, me I don't want to play this game with you. Yeah. You psycho. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and to work somewhere where it's like, <laughs> your, your, your boss now is, is all about. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit of anarchy here, but it's, but I, I know for some reason, like I gel with it, yeah. you know, like I liked taking, I like bringing a little bit of business within the world of anarchy and kind mm-hmm. of putting order to it yeah. but i don't mind the anarchy, the anarchy. and the you know. i prefer a little and bit of anarchy to yeah. be honest yeah. places that are really like super sterile corporate like everything functions really efficiently make me really like uncomfortable and nervous because i'm not that way yeah i'm very uh what what is like the the word for anarchy then like anarchist anarchist i think so yeah. Yeah. I'm very anarchist. So, <laughs> um, anarchist. Anarchistic? Anar- that sounds more right. That even, <laughs> that sounds more better. <laughs> more better. Much more better. Have uh, you worked in a, like a corporation? I worked in a couple. Um, the first one I worked in is the one that I keep thinking of when we think of shitty jobs. Um, I was working for, a company that manufactures baby supplies. And I was working. <laughs> it's always those, like Toys R Us going down. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, that was a terrible place to work. Exactly. Like, manufacturing baby supplies. It's about, it's all about the babies. Soulless. It was <laughs> rushing. It was a soul crushing place to work. So the details of my job are completely unimportant. Suffice it to say that I was in charge of communicating with our mini factories in China. Um, and this is a real... Where the babies made the baby... Where the <laughs> babies made the baby supplies. Um, and this was this, like, big... Like, this company that, like, prided itself on being really, like, eco-friendly and being really, like, using all natural materials that are really good for baby. And, like, you know, just... All of the stuff that's, like, really natural for babies to, like, hold and touch and play with. Um, and everything is, like, designed right here in the United States. But, like, what they don't tell you is that, like, it's also all manufactured overseas in these, like, claustrophobic little factories in China where they can't breathe. Uh, I worked on – in a communications role, communicating with China about samples they were sending us for new orders that we would – placed so I would like talk to the heads of the factories over there and say okay like I'm putting in an order for like I need this many samples of each size of this swim diaper in these different prints um and I we need it by this date for certain things it was like oh we also have to test them um which those were my favorite days at work when I got to help with product testing did you put the baby baby diapers on I did not get to oh yes I did oh my god that was my favorite I got to do that one time that was my favorite day at work was when I got to help with a it was actually I was helping with a photo shoot Mm -hmm. and so I literally spent the whole day just like dressing babies oh I thought you put the diaper on oh not myself no no, put it on babies all right that's yeah better. but I just spent a whole day getting to like dress and accessorize babies it was so cute and these are also like the best tempered babies ever because they're the babies that have been chosen for a photo shoot um so it was just like 
They Benadryl them all. Hanging out with drugged babies, probably. <gasps> but they were so cute. Um, so that was a good day. And then, like, the days that I got to help with product testing, like, we did a line of, like, food accessories too so we had like to test all these glass things to see how easily we could make them break so we would try like you know you rub the inside with a piece of sandpaper and then drop it and see what happens (laughs) or you like take it from the freezer and put it on the counter and then put it in a microwave and see what happens and like the idea is that you're supposed to like do things that are like reasonable use right um but like which could cause the product to like destruct and see like what the 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 failure rate is yeah so I always thought that was really fun because I got to wear big safety goggles and like you know gloves for testing like for shards of broken glass yeah um and what did they do to you Emily so one of one the I would say like probably the worst part about it was similar to your experience at video production company which is just the atmosphere there was so like faux wholesome Mm. and cheerful and nurturing and it was a company of like except for the guys who worked in the warehouse it was a company of like entirely women entirely women mostly mothers and so they were like we're so family centric we just pride ourselves on having a really great work-life balance but like in order to get your salary there like you you have a salaried position but you have to work a mandatory 45 hours a week oh but also you're not allowed to count any time that you take for lunch and you're salaried so if you want to take an hour lunch break you're working 50 hours a week which meant that I was working like eight eight to five or eight to six I don't remember how it shook out but like Monday through Friday Mm. um and, and the terrible part about it was that so much of that time, I didn't have anything to do. She just wanted everybody to be there all the time. And it was a small company. So it was run by the, the two owners were a mother and her daughter. And they worked in the only two like offices in this big warehouse layout full of like cubicles. And they would just like come around and sort of like peek into people's cubicles. And the daughter wasn't quite as bad, but the mother would just like have – I would say at least once a day, have an all-out tantrum. She's like 60 years old, and she's like shrieking at people. We have like an open plan office, so everyone can hear it. She's shrieking at people like, are you stupid? Are you retarded? Like saying these like terrible oh. things to people, just like shrieking at them. And because, everybody can hear it. And them. everybody can hear it. And so then you have to like go cry in the bathroom or like go sit outside and the culture there is just so toxic Mm. but the real like jab added to this is that once a month we had mandatory meditation and wellness (laughs) that were an entire day long at her house and so everyone had to show up at her house at 8 a.m how is it that people don't have the awareness of other people not wanting to do something that they are mandating and we had to do things like go on like here's like something so the whole goal of these mandatory meditation and wellness retreats at her house which were an all-day thing it was eight in the morning until six o'clock at night at her house once a month and she would often schedule them for days like columbus day or like 
um, you know, not ever like Memorial Day or Labor Day, but like days when we would otherwise have off that were a holiday for everybody else. Regular business hours, exactly. But she would like schedule this for those days, and we would do things. And the whole purpose of them was to try to create better harmony in the workplace by trying to really create a culture of like happiness and relaxation and trying to help people learn how to better deal with the daily stresses of a busy work (laughs) environment so that when you find yourself getting stressed out you know how to like find peace and I'm like you know what would really help me find peace is if you didn't scream at me every time I made a tiny mistake and call me an idiot meditation the meditation um yeah seminar is right next to the anger management seminar that she should have been taking she should have been taking that she had such a huge anger management problem and so we would have to do things like sit through these seminars where like someone taught us breathing exercises to help us calm down like if we were stressed out at work (laughs) or like um or or um you know, we would we would have to go on aimless walks around her yard where we just tried to meander with the like childlike wonder that a child has where you don't really have any direction or purpose. You're just trying to walk freely. And we had to do this for like 30 minutes. And it was just it was such That's garbage. So awful. And, and, and then you fake it. You have to and like you gotta pretend fake it. that like yeah. you're way into this BS. Mm-hmm. I mean, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> and they also used to have like all these mandatory fun events like Christmas parties that we had to go to where you had to like or, or like themed Isn't costume the parties where you like had to dress up and then you were like shamed if you didn't participate. Noted. Yeah. Note people that like people do not want to be trapped in like a holiday party. Mandatory fun is not fun. No. Yeah. Like the, um, have you ever had to do a uh, team building exercise? Oh, we did so many of those at that place too. I hate team building. I fucking hate team building. <laughs> I fucking hate team in my, building. In my corporate life, we had to do team building with, with our team and we had to like cook together. And like this one awful, awful boss that we had, you know, that never, ever even talked to us. She was mm-hmm. just like so... Um, are you looking to have babies someday? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this is like, now that we're chopping garlic, you're going to completely go like off the rails and ask me the most personal questions. That's so inappropriate. <laughs> Speaking of inappropriate, have you ever had a job where like, have you ever had to deal with like sexual harassment or something at a job? Sexual harassment, no. I'm just curious. No? I've, I've um, no. Luckily, I'm actually, right now. But you're such a babe. Right I now, would totally I just sexually had harass all you. of FMU go through sexual harassment training. Hell yeah. Well, because we, we get money from a, oh, okay. a, a large entity and it's a mandatory thing. But, but good for you, you know, though. We, we, all had to, we all had to go through it. It was ridiculous. Did you know that you can sexually harass a computer? Like a like a Siri or an Alexa. Oh, that's not real. It's it was on the video. Was it really? Yeah, you can't harass them. You can't be mean to them, and you can't ask them about their um, dating preferences. The computer. I think it's setting people up for the future I don't of like, like this. skin job bots. I don't like this at all. Yeah. This to me sets a dangerous precedent, which is saying like we're getting comfortable with treating machines like human beings. 
and giving yeah right i, I don't want to live it's in a that little creepy. future i don't so i, I it did kind of give me flashbacks like going through this like corporate it was very corporate training mm-hmm. and it was like a check the box thing like it it wasn't like a kasia urbaniac kind of situation i want the, yeah where she was like really giving advice on how to like how to be defensive when someone comes at you with some weird sexual harassment thing. But I want men to have to take that kind of class too because here's the thing. I think a lot of guys don't um, maybe like don't recognize certain behaviors as sexual harassment, but I think they also don't necessarily recognize women's reactions to it for what they are. Do you know what I mean? Like she talks a lot about that moment when you freeze and also the instinct of women to be overly nice in situations where maybe they don't feel so comfortable or don't feel like being so nice um, mm-hmm. because we have to we feel like we have to protect ourselves yeah. because like we could you know if if we fly off the handle at someone trying to like grab our ass or make like a really suggestive comment um, then we're just like that crazy bitch that can't take a joke mm-hmm. and like either like we get harassed in turn for it or we get you know iced out by the bro culture at our work or yeah you know I, I what am, have you I am remembering like waitressing days and I remember being like a super tomboy and them telling me like if you wore skirts you you'd do better mm-hmm. like that kind of thing yeah and I remember you know I, I remember that like the that kind like of the, feels ooky like yeah. the like restaurant culture is yeah. a very different thing I will it is for sure I will say that like uh my very first bartending job in New York City mm. um like my boss to <laughs> to his enormous credit I was uh the only female bartender working there at the time and I was working until like four o'clock in the morning sometimes by myself with just one waitress on staff and uh, we were supposed to wear, it was sort of a formal attire. And I had been wearing like, you know, your pants, like black pants. And I remember asking him one time, like, can I please, please wear a skirt to work? Because it is so hot back here. I am dying. And he was like, I don't, he was like, sometimes you have to like climb up a bar stool and like, you know, mm. or a ladder and get like a bottle of liquor down. He was like, I don't want people like, you know checking you out or like objectifying you like you know yeah. I don't want that for you and I was like that is so sweet and very kind but also like it's like 900 degrees in here and you won't let us use the air conditioning please <laughs> I can be a little objectified for my own physical comfort <laughs> yeah yeah but it was really sweet and I hadn't encountered that before where he was just like you're my only female bartender I'm not gonna try to like you know sex you up and make you like that's huge wear, that's really wear something shorter yeah. or lower cut he was all just about like he was like you wear a tie like everybody else does and like yeah you wear pants and finally i get, got him to consent to let me wear a floor length skirt A floor. Length. <laughs> he was like it has to be floor length and i was like i i'm I not sure i guys, can bartend in a floor length i don't know skirt. how guys never picked up on the this whole skirt thing me i feel neither. like They're we really so won that easy that fashion I think we won that round they're they're wearing ties and like I love skirts I won't wear shorts but I wear skirts I love skirts in the summertime there are like there the percentage of people in this world that look good in shorts they're like between the ages of like 15 and like 20 and like maybe like 22 and all weigh like 90 pounds yeah it's I I hate them too 
But I was I was thinking about this actually because I'm going to a wedding this weekend and I feel so bad for like dudes going to weddings in the summer because oh. especially if they're outdoors I'm like I get to wear a sundress like I, love it. <laughs> I feel great yeah and then you know the guys I'm going with are like I have to wear a suit in the 90 degree heat outdoors <laughs> in a barn <laughs> sucks to be you if um, it's a barn thing it's can't gonna you be wear really cute barn clothes yeah but I still think they have to wear like pants. Like, I guess you could wear a short sleeve shirt, but that's yeah. still a lot more clothes than I'm wearing. Yeah. I'm wearing a sundress. So going back to uh, sexual yeah. harassment, just, I to, mean, just to wrap this up, we are kicking butt on this podcast, by the way. I know. I love it here. I in do, Studio too. Bay. I love it here. It's so much more comfortable. Yeah. I'm getting cozy and I'm never leaving. Um, but I guess like if I had to give, can I give an example? Yes. Okay. So I had an experience where... Um, I, I'm fairly used to working in like male dominated fields. I don't know if you guys know what I do for a living primarily, um, but I, I spent a long time as a bartender. You know, there's that. And then I also work um, in sort of like sound engineering and sound editing. And that is typically a very male dominated field. And I love my work. And frankly, and I think Kim and I have talked about this on the podcast, we don't have that many, either of us, like female friends. Um, I would say That's most true. of my friends are dudes. Yeah. I just it's just an easier relationship. It feels easier to me. I get along. It's and not even the tomboy thing, or that I'm not I'm a particular like a bro, tomboy. Yeah, but it's but it's that I I'm I'm I can get their wavelength. Me too. And there's no competition. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to feel like there's um, I don't know, just that yeah complexity of a girl relationship there doesn't seem to be that like one-upmanship that constant like backhanded compliments that happen the like yeah the competitiveness just feels different and I mean I don't know maybe that's because men don't see me as a threat and so they don't think they need to compete with me (laughs) in a business environment but yeah it just feels different and I've I've honestly always felt much more at ease um around guys uh, when I meet new people if it's a group of guys I'm yeah. generally like way more at ease than if I meet a, a new group of people and it's all women oh god that scares the it's so Jesus scary I know me. I'm like <laughs> that's why I'm amazed that we get along so me well. too um <laughs> and we were pretty much like I mean we were just like a Throwing ma- into yeah it. we yeah. got matchmaker we got we got mm-hmm. yented we were <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so I have to be honest. I mean, I've been in plenty of situations where a guy is like, you know, asked me out in a situation that was inappropriate or um, maybe like, uh, I don't know, like made it clear he was interested and I just turned him down and it was no big deal, you know. Um, and so I think that I, I maybe like dismissed how affecting it is. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty comfortable around guys. Um, but then like I had this experience where I was working with, um, in an environment with all guys and, um, really, I think wanting to be like one of the guys and part of the team and just fit right in and not have there be any significant difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and just be like, yeah, it's just like, I'm just, you know, we're all friends and, there was a situation within like a very short time of me working there um, where we were in a social situation and um, one of the guys uh, sort of 
orchestrated it seemingly for me to be left alone with the other one which just already that makes me feel almost as bad yeah there was something that was clearly orchestrated for us to be left alone together and I was like man that already doesn't feel good because like I don't know y'all particularly well and like you know it wasn't a situation where I had an easy out it was like a situation where I was like going to be stuck with this person until, you know, my ride got there. And uh, in a place that I wasn't as familiar with as others. Right. Um, and so it was like, you know, I, I feel like the good, if you're trying to be a good ally to women and like do the right thing and make sure they feel comfortable and don't get put in these situations, you say like, hey, I have to go. Do you feel comfortable being left one-on-one with this person you don't know? No? Great. I'll stick around for a little while longer. Or, you or know, if they just know that person's reputation, maybe you don't maybe you don't leave. Yeah. Maybe you chaperone along with them if you're but obviously they're in cahoots but they're with friends. who gets to nail you. Oh god. And like and so then like it's the end of the night and I'm going home and this person was like hey, you can just come home with me. And like, it it just, it's the first time that I've ever really been made to feel truly uncomfortable in that kind of situation, I think. I mean, it's not that men have never made me feel uncomfortable before, but it's that then after that, I had to go into work, you know, knowing that, this guy probably told his buddies who knows what, you know. They know that I got left alone with him. So he told them either that something happened or he told them that it didn't. But either way, I then felt very distinctly like I had been marginalized, mm-hmm. that I had been sort of like cast out of this group. Like, that I was never going to be part of that team. It was always just going to be that, like... You were an opportunity. I was an opportunity. You were a hookup. And, and it didn't even feel... There was nothing about it that felt, like, flattering or nice. Because he didn't ask me out. He just asked me to go home with him. And it's like, Do you, you don't even know I me. Mean, you're of the younger generation and the generation of Tinder dates... And quick hookups. I mean, is it just that you're just more professional and not as Maybe, not as yeah. like sexually promiscuous or as or as current as a lot of what a lot of I these think it's a distinct, younger people are yeah, doing? Yeah, I think it's a distinct possibility because I have younger to say, people aren't you just <laughs> hooking up anyway? Because I I don't have that, that experience. So old, <laughs> no, that I agree. Breakdown. I'm totally with but you. But I never I, understood yeah. how people safely hook up with people Me and neither. just say, "All right, we're we're swiping to like just fuck." I don't I don't get that. Yeah, and especially that it seems coworker. to be it's a coworker thing. And like, but at the same time, after this happened, he seemed just totally comfortable being like, "No, we're cool now." Like I offered, you said no, no big deal. Like we're we're just cool. And I'm, whereas I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable. Like it was your fault? I mean, running through 
the scenario in my head over and over and over again being like what could I have done differently what should I have been like harder on what should I have done to make sure this didn't happen like what steps like all of the little steps leading up to that moment like at every at every little junction what could I have done differently to ensure that that didn't happen like what should I be doing different Mm. um and it's funny it's like it's his interest in me wasn't even the the issue it was like how it was presented um it was the confidence with which it was presented like you're just gonna come home with me I'm like I like I don't even know you and like you don't know me at all and I just like you think that I don't know. And the not caring at all whether it made me uncomfortable at this like new job where I had really just started to find my footing and where I also like was already feeling a little bit like it was going to be hard for me to like break into the group. Like there was just no consideration given about any of that. But I agree. I mean, I think that like the hookup culture, the kind of casual hookup culture, the casual like, oh, yeah, we're going to sleep together. But then it's no big deal. We just compartmentalize. That's never been something I've really been into or able to do. Um, And I've spent, you know, I mean, I am young. I'm only 30. But like my entire life, my entire dating life up to this point has pretty much been in one long term relationship (laughs) or another. So do you were you able to use any of Kasha's? Um, tools that that she had talked about which was kind of put them put them like ask them a question to kind of put it back on them like put the attention on them so they feel like they need to answer for what they're asking of you Um, and also I think the other thing that she was bringing up and it may not have happened this time but um, but this stuck with me during that episode Um, was that there's just some guys out there that just have no idea how to behave around women. So is it our responsibility to explain to them what they're doing wrong without destroying their careers (laughs) or anything else? Like, was there that opportunity for you to correct him? And then um, when you were back at work, did he respond to the correction? Um. So first of all, I would say that um, I definitely experienced more of the freezing than I did Mm. her tactics. I think my first, the first thing I did was freeze. (laughs) The second thing I did was apologize, like try to be like, "Uh, um, no, sorry, I'm not, you know, not interested. Try not to hurt his ego. Try not to make things too uncomfortable. Try to figure out how how because I could get away from it. Because safety is because a safety concern. is a concern. Yeah, but also because like this job that I had just started was a concern too that I was excited about. So I was like, I don't want to mess yeah. this up for myself. So like, how can I? Um, I guess like how can I make this situation? go away Mm. as smoothly and quickly as possible yeah um and so that was like my initial but what I did do is like um I thought that I might be able to like articulate myself a little this might seem really silly but I thought I might be able to articulate myself a little bit better so I was like I asked for more time like not like hey like let me think about (laughs) like I need more time to like think but just like um okay like let's keep talking about this sort of like I I didn't like um 
I didn't just like bail or like like I was like okay like let's let's talk you know and like put the space out there to like talk about it um and I think it was because I was still sort of processing and knew I wanted to say something but wasn't sure what it was yet and I used a little bit of her tactics by saying like hey I've been working here for a very short period of time now do you think this is a good idea how do you see this going like, how do you think this is going to go? Does this seem like a good idea to you? That's like, great. I'm putting that out there. So I feel good about that. Yeah. And then um, I, the one thing that I was really clear about was to say, like, I am used to being the only woman in my work situations. I'm used to being one of the only women. And so I don't feel flattered by this. Um, I just feel, like, convenient, you know? I feel like I'm, like, you know, mm. maybe the only girl you've hung out with in a while and I'm cute. So you were like, this one, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I don't take this as like a nice flattering thing. So I did feel like that was a little bit of education. Like mm -hmm. I just, I, I'm very conscious of being like cute and convenient and around, you know, like in large groups of guys that maybe don't have a whole lot of other exposure to women. And it's certainly not in the workplace otherwise. Which pause. Yeah. We're absolutely doing a whole podcast about incels because that's my new obsession yeah involuntary celibacy i just learned i know guys i'm so behind the curve it's real bad but like i just learned about this like a it's, month ago it's bad yeah i mean it's, we gotta talk about this we have a potential gonna, guest for that that i'm really excited good, about actually good. i mean we we just need to we they here's i heard this line once and i'm gonna mess it up but you'll get the idea but um, someone said, like, men's, a man's biggest fear is embarrassment, whereas a woman's biggest fear is getting murdered. Yeah. So there's that. And we're out there trying to make the the bad ones feel okay and better about their mistake, all while we're trying to... So they don't murder to, us. <laughs> all while we're trying to protect our own safety. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Not to get all, like femdom on on this podcast dude but, i mean that's like but there's just needs I'm to be some like way right now. you know being woke on both sides of the of the gender yeah role and like, like yeah. you have to learn and you have to evolve with the times and, and you just don't do that this episode really like made me realize how much tougher i need to be mm -hmm. um and how much like how maybe i've been sort of sliding by prior to that not having like as firm of boundaries as I should um, and that I need to like if I want to keep myself safe and if I want to keep myself feeling comfortable and um, secure in your job exactly with what you're there for right. which is your brain which is my brain I have a good brain um, that you know I need to put up some firmer boundaries and I need to be a little tougher and a little bit more like yeah. assertive and, and just like make it a little more clear from the get-go like maybe be a little bit less amenable when they first meet mm -hmm. me and a little bit less like yeah. like hey just here to hang and like hopefully we can be friends and like everything's cool and I'm super non-threatening like you know like just be tougher initially like be a little more intimidating my favorite thing that ambien has been telling me to do lately you guys remember ambien um is to give yourself an give people an appropriately sized pot to put you in like that you can't like people are only going to treat you like the size that you tell them they are that you are mm 
So if you like meet people and you give them like this tiny little pot to put you in and you're they're like, you know, you're saying this is all the space I need. You know, I don't need to stretch my roots any deeper than this. I don't need any more space like to to stretch out. Like this is all the space I need. I only take up this much room. Like that's how they're going to treat you. Mm-hmm. But like you need to give people like a big pot to put you in. Give them a big ass pot and be like, I take up this much space. I require a lot, but like this is how big I am. I love that. I do too. I think we have to wrap on that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. I mean, thanks to Ambien. That's thanks, really Ambien. Thanks, Ambien. <laughs> That's been like my daily mantra. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. been listening to In Real Life Podcast Edition. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. There's going to be a lot of different types of shows that we have, different segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you enjoyed this, I think there's going to be um, a lot more conversation. There will be the interviews that you guys um, have come to love, but there's going to be a lot more of the Emily and Kimzilla behind the scenes yeah. while we bank our episodes for the fall season. Mm-hmm. I have two committed guests that I can say we're going to be hearing from over the summer, past guests. Um, we're going to hear from May. Um, who is a comedian that we interviewed in our like second or third episode, which I'm really excited to to nice. hear what May's been up to. And we're going to hear from Jax, who's one of the um, tarot card readers and astrologists that we heard from in our second episode. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So they've that's both great. they've both said they love to catch up with us. And so we're going to hear from them later in the summer. Fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. I've got a few DJs here at the station. <gasps> um, I thought we'd work on this segment where maybe even over drinks. I'm not sure how we should do this, but I mm. do feel like it should definitely be more conversational. Um, but we've got uh, Joe Magasco. Yeah. And we're going to be talking to them, not about their show and not about their music, but kind of who they are behind um, who they are outside of their radio show. Or maybe just something that's been on their mind that they want to talk about. And you may not know the show. You might. Another one is an example, Daniel Blumen. Daniel Blumen plays a very abstract, very um, advanced music show that's not really... He's advanced, um, yeah. Not really great for a beginner music listener but he's evolved my listening taste and made me challenged me on on music but what's interesting about daniel blumen is that he used to be the um the program director at w NY, no w no no uh damn it I can't help you i want to help so bad York, but i don't know what it is uh nyu wnyu yes okay NYU and um, he's a he's a wonderful interesting person but he does not leave any time at all for himself to talk so we're going to get to know Daniel Blumen a little bit more also um, one of your favorite DJs and one of your gateway DJs Diane Diane Kamikaze uh, would like to come on and she's (laughs) like a wealth of information about amazing things so um, (gasps) we're going to talk to her do you think we can get super on I would be scared of her, but we should talk to her. <laughs> she, I love Sue. I love she her, was and I'm scared DJ of her me. all at the same she's time. But favorites. she's the most. Oh, and Kelly Jones. So oh, yeah. It's going to be a really fun summer. It's always and, a party when Kelly Jones comes to town. <laughs> and I have one more update. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember when I told you um, that... Nils from Norway was yes. going to be taking our in real life puppets. Uncle Traveling Nils. He's going to be taking our puppets to 
uh, a meteorological center on Bear Island. Meteorological? Meteor meteorological. Meteorological. Meteor. Let's all say it together, okay, Meteor everybody? Wait, stop. Hold on. I got to break it down. It's like meteorology, right? Meteorology. 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 Meteorological. 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 Meteorology. Meteorological. Meteorological. So we'd like to call this segment uh, Uncle Traveling Nils. So Uncle Traveling Nils is in Norway with his puppets, and we're going to put these pictures on our wfmu.org slash playlist slash il if you want to look at the whole playlist mm-hmm. uh, and which we're going to include some pictures of our puppets in norway we, so we look like we are having so much fun we look <laughs> so happy we have a healthy glow in our cheeks our wind our hair is like blowing <laughs> in the wind um would you like me to read you uh, the Uncle Traveling Nils postcard? That he, he sent, sent a us? postcard too. Mm-hmm. A yes, digital please. postcard. I don't. I don't do Norwegian accents, but I will. I'll. I I'll try to do it in a. The puppets have been. The puppets have been on their first excursion in Norway. I took them out on my boat today, and we went ashore on historic ground. We went to the Viking farm close to where I live for a small photo shoot. I must admit that it's easier said than done to operate two puppets and a camera. <laughs> so I had two friends operate the puppets while I shot the pictures. I will try to try to share the pictures. He shared the pictures. <laughs> the pictures are taken at a Viking village close to where I live. The village is on a historic ground where actual Vikings there settled in the Viking Age, 1793 to 1066 AD. Wow. The buildings are crafted with prehistoric building techniques and ancient tools for materials that our forefathers used. Also, the village was the setting for the Netflix series Norsemen, where Bjorn, if you guys don't remember Bjorn, Bjorn, these were the Norwegians that came and Bjorn has a tattoo of Wolfmoo on his ass. Also, Bjorn was an actual extra in a Viking TV show. Where Bjorn had a small part as an extra in the background for about three seconds. I will try to get pictures of the puppets together with the velvet paintings before I leave. He took pictures of the puppets with the velvet paintings. With the Slee Stack and Kim Mm Jong-un, the puppets are with them. It's so cute. We made this poor guy, instead of us shipping it to Norway because it costs too much, we made this poor guy carry this velvet, this giant Slee Stack and Kim Jong-un painting, velvet painting, On on the airplane with him. I leave for Bear Island next week. As I mentioned, I'll have limited access to internet out there, but I'll try to update you on how the in real life puppets are doing. Thanks, Nils. From Nils. <laughs> Thank you, Nils. That was a great postcard. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do a station ID. No, we don't. We can just say, see ya. Bye. That just doesn't feel it right. It feels weird. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's like making me twitchy. Yeah. Uh, please, I w- one thing I will uh, finally implore, which is to find a way um, on the message board, if you can, um, to leave us some notes and some messages on how you think the podcast is going. We miss you. We do miss you. But we and also need the feedback. 
We need the feedback. We need the love. Um, and uh, Please don't it, leave us actual audio feedback. If you recall, we work at FMU and we get plenty of that on a daily basis already. <laughs> audio feedback? Like... <laughs> <laughs> And that I think is it. <laughs> 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 it was pretty good. <laughs>